Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans, and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist, and internationally published author, helping take your life and your business, your health, fitness, mindset, and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And I'm super excited today because we've got a, a really awesome guest today. Now, Oscar Chavez, I'll introduce you in a moment, but um, Oscar is a world-leading CEO advisor. He's the master of influence and has been described as the relationship builder. He's an international speaker. He's a mentor to over 75,000 entrepreneurs from around the world. He's uh, a number one best-selling author on Amazon. Um, and what I love about what Oscar does, he's able to get a seat directly at the executive table to influence key decision makers. And that is really something else. And he has also got some hidden talents, which we may talk about. He's been on The Voice Australia in front of 4 million people. Oscar, welcome. I love it. Thank you so much, Rob, for having me. I'm very excited to spend some time with you today. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, now, Oscar, today's topic, we're going to talk about creating exponential confidence. Now, obviously, there's some key things that you've done in your life that are just like, wow, how do you even get to a position where you can even feel confident on stage or to, you know, at a boardroom table to be advising people? And I mean, you've sp spoken internationally as well. So I wanted to ask you first up, obviously it takes courage, right? Uh, in order to be able to do that. But there's probably people listening right now that are not going to be able to relate to the f phenomenal success that, you know, that, that I've just run through there. Can you give us an insight perhaps as to where you started and, you know, how you've gotten to where you are now? Yeah, I remember uh, when, uh, so when I studied, I studied software development and I could not for the life of me find a role within software development. And I ended up getting a job at an outbound call center and I had to make calls every day and I had a long list of people and, and I'd go through the list, dial a number and be ready to get yelled at on the other side as I'm, I'm, as I'm calling Joe's fish shop, trying to sell him uh, internet. And he's kind of like, I'm, mate, I'm trying to make chips here. Leave me alone, go away, right? And this was my life every single day for two weeks. Didn't make any money at all because it was commission only. And it was really frustrating. Um, I knew someone that was that said to me, Oscar, I know that you're working at the at that Telstra uh, outbound call center. Why don't you come work at, a, at the Optus inbound call center? Uh, I'll take anything, right? I'm not making money. I hate this. This is the worst thing in the world. I'll do anything. So I ended up going for the interview and it was a group interview of seven people. And that was the first experience that I got firsthand dynamically that the favorite would win, right? So you yeah. have to find a way to be friendly, personable, uh, talk to the people that are making the decisions and really start to be, be friendly and befriend these people. Uh, later, later, I found out that that was called building rapport, right? Getting uh, to know someone. And so I started working in that call center and then the dynamic changed, right? Then people were calling me and I was saying, hey, do you want these internet and all this kind of stuff? And, and I found a way to become really efficient at that process. I wrote down everything. We had to use about nine different systems, um, and and from 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 those, I wrote down every system in order that I needed. So I had many different tabs, and I knew exactly in what order uh, to create that efficiency. I ended up being the highest performer in that entire company, and wow. and I did two hundred and sixteen percent. So as a young kid, I think I was maybe twenty one or so. Um, 
as, as a young kid going through that process, they paid me $6,000, which was like my first check. I mean, I'd worked for, you know, two weeks at the other place, didn't earn anything at all. They, they paid me $6,000 cash after tax. I went out and bought this beautiful guitar here, which I still have to this very day. Um, and, and, and that really started, you know, I got a few wins on the board, Rob, where it, things weren't going well, things started to go well. And the thing about success is that it does create momentum. From there, uh, there was part of the induction process at Optus. There was a lady that walked in, her name's Wen Smallwood. And she was, she was dressed in a power suit. Her speech was immaculate. She was confident. You know, the clothes that she was wearing were, were fantastic. And she was talking about this, uh, you know, what she does. And she was in B2B sales. She worked in enterprises, uh, you know, helping them build solutions. And I saw when, and I, and I just looked at her and I thought, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to feel that confident. I want to uh, wear nice clothes. I want to be so sure of myself that that is the path I want to go on. And surely within, within three years, I got three different promotions to get up to that level, being the youngest account, ex- the second youngest account executive in Optus history, because everybody else was about 40, 40 years old, 45 established careers. They were doing this for so long. Here I am a young 23 year old bloke doing the same role as these like 45 year old people. Yeah. Why? Because I was hungry. And I think the key thing that I learned from that, Rob, and as I go back over my career, over my life and all the great things that I've done with the boardroom, et cetera, is that it's, 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 it's about who you know, and it's about building the right connections. It's about building the right relationships. And I think if people take that as a first step of understanding who they need to build relationships with, that can lead to confidence. That, of course, won't lead. There's so many other things that we can talk about that won't lead to confidence in, in and of itself. But having the right network, having the right people, and we've all heard your network is your net worth, just get around great people and your life will just absolutely transform. Yeah, wow. And so from, from that position, how did you get to where and what you're doing now? So when, when I finally got to where I wanted to be and I'd, I'd set this vision, I didn't know how long the vision would take. It only took less than three years. I started, I, I started getting uh, exposed to some really large-scale brands. So I was looking after Red Bull. I was looking after Electrolux. I was looking after Apple, Visa Logistics, like a lot of, a lot of big names. And one of the things about confidence, and confidence is one of the most important things in, in, in the entire universe for people to generate success, but it's, it's about that competence, right? It's about developing that comp- competence. And the journey to competence is a bit of discomfort. So doing something that you're potentially not comfortable at, yeah. um, developing a little bit of competence, and then having the resilience and the determination and the stamina to continue to follow the path, even when the path feels uncomfortable. Mm. So from that process, I ended up just trying many different things. I started dabbling in business. I built my first app. It was a competitor to Uber uh, before Uber kind of exploded. uh, And it was serving a real need in the marketplace. And that was my first dabble in entrepreneurship. Now, in in a real business, I mean, when I was 17, I I, I ran, you know, an entertainment business. Um, But, you know, I, I, I went out and I just got more experience. I just wanted the experience, experience, experience. And then I started that, that and then when we met, I was doing the, the health business as well. I just started acquiring all these various different uh, experiences. But the experience that was really important to me was, was getting around uh, really sophisticated people. Part of that was mm. getting to the executive table. 
And what I noticed, uh, you know, what, what differentiates me from, from everybody else is that I'm, I'm hyper committed to getting to the executive table. So I coach a lot of sales teams, Rob, and I, I hear all the time, oh, I can't get to the executive or, you know, I've got nothing to say. So that, you know, there's all these um, false beliefs that people have that they fe- they're, they're scared of being judged and yeah, yeah. that stops them from making the right steps that they need to take to get to those executives because, those executives at the end of the day can squash any deal. They can say, you know what, I'm not interested in that. Or there could be a thousand different other priorities that means that your contract doesn't get signed. But I have diligent focus on getting to the executives. I don't even like talking to the people under the executives until I've spoken to the executive because the executive just opens the door up to the entire business. Now that's taken me a a lifetime of, of practice and learning what to say and what not to say and, what is compelling to, to people and, and I've kind of had to learn to become a bit of a marketer in order to get to these tables. But having the focus there, I mean, that's, that's the first thing, right? Having the focus to get to those tables is really how people can get to those tables and how they can start to develop that competence, which then leads to that confidence. So for me, it was about really just dabbling in different things, Rob, trying different things out, uh, having new ideas and having the, uh, the, t- the t- determination to follow those things uh, and to see them through and testing whether they were working in line with my expect, I ended up shutting my health business down because it wasn't working in line with my expectation. I had a certain yeah. expectation that the business was going to deliver. The business did not deliver that. Therefore, I shut down and moved on to something else, which is the most profitable decision I ever made. So I needed to learn when to when to walk away from something uh, that I could be focused my energies on on other areas. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's. Um, there's so much uh, great content in what you in what you just said there. I wanted to pick up on something you said right at the, the beginning there uh, about the the role that the confidence plays in being a success. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people, well, firstly, they come unstuck by, by not defining what success really means to them, what, what that looks like across any area of their life, never mind altogether, whether you're happy and what success looks like. But tell me a little bit about, from your perspective, how you see that confidence plays a role in success. Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. So there's, there's a couple of different factors here. So confidence has many, many different layers to it, right? There's There's superficial confidence where... I can feel confident, but it is it is it, it is a mask that uh, some individuals wear. And I've worn that mask myself. Kind in of order fake to it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, right? It's mm. the, it's that mask that you wear to protect all of the deep insecurities that we have as individuals. Yeah. So early early on in my career, I had to do a lot of entertaining, Rob. I had to go to a lot of dinner parties, a, a lot of parties, right, in order to uh, establish the networks that I needed to establish to to be, to become successful. Now, in these uh, in these events, I would be riddled with social anxiety. I mean, yeah. I remember uh, in one of these events, I had to um, I, t- I took uh, a CIO, so Chief Information Officer, of a very well known global reputable company. I mean, this guy was was incredibly sophisticated, the total opposite personality to me. I'm kind of a bit more more bubbly and 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 speak speakative. Uh, he was more introverted, reserved, very sophisticated individual. So we are from totally different worlds, totally different worlds. And I remember the, the whole night, all, all I was thinking was, I've got to entertain this guy. I've got to make this guy like me. Um, what if I say stuff that he doesn't enjoy and therefore we can't do business together? I was under, I was putting 
so much pressure on myself. Now, to the outside world, when they saw Oscar, you know, I dressed nice, I was very friendly, bubbly, and I seemed like I had all the energy in the world and that I was a friendly guy and that, and that I exuded this confidence. But what that was, was a mask to, 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 to protect myself from all of my insecurities and all of the things that I hated about myself and all the things I didn't like about myself, just constantly just, just going through my mind all the time, right? Yeah. So it's possible to be successful with a mask of confidence Absolutely, because I, I was successful by any by any standards, right? Still at that point in time, you know, top one percent of earners at, at roughly you know twenty three to twenty five year, years old, and um, and so, but, but it but it was a mask role, and yeah. so the only way to get to that that you know to get several layers deep and get to that that real confidence where you're unstoppable, unshakable, and you can achieve your your full potential, is to go you know, sit in a dark room and, and analyze all of your behaviors, analyze your life story, analyze the stories that we tell ourselves about what we want out of life and why, and start to ask ourselves the question, why, and why, 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 why? And out of that should birth some sort of emotional revelation that helps us understand why our life is the way that it is, why our desires are the way that they are. And usually it's because some sort of hurt or some insecurity or yeah. my dad said this or my mom said this or my cousin was this or I was adopted or, you know, there's a million stories that anybody could tell themselves. By the way, I'm, I'm not adopted. I'm just saying that. Just examples. Um, just in case my parents watch this and say, what are you saying, Oscar? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but so so what we have to do is is be have the confidence to get into that deep and dark area of, of ourselves and through that painful experience, we can then emerge anew without the scars, without the wounds, without the insecurities, without the, the rubbish that we all have buried deep down in, in, in ourselves. And we can face the world with, with the real confidence that says, hey, everybody in this world uh, has insecurities. Yeah. Everybody in this world is scared of what other people think about them. Everybody in this world has fears that they will not achieve their full potential. Everybody at the end of the day has the same fears. We all have the same human condition. And all I can do in life is try to achieve my potential. All I can do in life is have the courage to say my truth. And all I can do in life is try to get a little bit better every single day. And some days I'm going to suck at it. Some days I won't achieve that potential. Some days I'll actually fall backwards but it's about the journey, the evolution of getting uh, to, to, of achieving your own potential. And that's really how you build the confidence to, to really achieve your own potential. Oscar, you've just delivered so much gold content right, right there. Uh, I love the way that you've articulated that. And I think um, from what I see of you, you've been able to really fast track this in a way that most, most people don't. And, and I certainly didn't. It's taken me decades to get to where I am now which is in a confident position. But, I mean, I was, I was bullied as a kid. I was, a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a really tiny kid. I had huge self-image problems, not for being overweight or anything. I was tiny. I was the smallest kid in the school. So I was an easy target. And, you know, not having friends, being, uh, you know, not great at school. Uh, you know, all of the – my whole world as a child was decimated. So I had no confidence if I was asked a question or you had to go up and stand in front of the room to talk, it's like, kill me now, please. I want to go to sick bay, whatever, anything to get out of it. But I guess if I fast track to where I am now, if you said to me, Rob, 
I've got an opportunity to speak to a billion people tomorrow at 10 a.m. Are you available? I'd say, let me out. And you think, how can you go from somewhere where you, you wish you were dead to I would love to have that opportunity and that excites me and that's come from practice and practice and practice and going to those dark places that you, uh, you know, go to the dark room, uncover all your fears uh, and your limiting beliefs and, uh, you know, come out on top and then just practice and practice and practice. And, you know, some days, like you say, you're going to fall over and you're going to do it wrong. I mean, I'm sure you've failed a, a heap of times and just like I have, but you learn from that, you get more confident next time. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I wanted to ask you, uh, because sometimes there can be a fine line with some people we see on social media and stuff, the difference between confidence and arrogance. Mm. How, do, how do you see that? Yeah, I actually, when, when we first started talking, I was like, I've, I've got to talk about this because there, you know, confidence can lead to, to arrogance. Mm. Um, and, and, and you know what, a little bit of arrogance is okay. Um, and I, I've, I've dabbled in, in arrogance and, and tested the bounds of arrogance because in, in my circles, most people that I, that I meet have, have a level of arrogance. Yeah. Big egos. Big egos. And so I've, I've tested with arrogance, um, a great deal. And, and I've had a lot of failures with arrogance. So I, I ran a workshop the other day with 70 people and, and through the, um, through the entire presentation, I used, I leveraged a lot of empathy and I was just really being authentic through the close process. Um, I, I, I leveraged a bit of arrogance, right? Because this, this is the circle that I'm in. I'm surrounded by it all the time. And I, and I switched a little bit to arrogance and the workshop did not perform the way that it should have performed and the way that it's performed in the past when I've just been empathetic towards people and saying, Hey, if you know, here's an offer, if you're interested, this is, you know, th th this is what you can do to take advantage of that offer yep. in this workshop with 70 people. I went arrogance. I'm like, I don't even need your money. You know, here's what it is. You know, you just, yeah. you know, I'm only taking a couple of people don't, you know, kind of like very, so for me, arrogance, um, I, I, I've played with it. And, and I guess my only insight to arrogance is that it is it is totally an egocentric uh, concept, mm. and 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 what the world needs is is definitely less ego because that, that the ego just serves to protect ourselves from our insecurities, right? So uh, if it, confidence leads to arrogance, when we lose empathy, when we stop focusing on the other person, and when we don't picture ourselves in their shoes, and we we become self-absorbed and self-nature. Yeah. Um, that's where it turns to arrogance and, and, be, and operating from a, a sense of ego is like a wrecking ball. It is honestly a wrecking ball in our lives. It means that, you know, in, in personality development, we, we learn about these things called tidal waves, right? A tidal wave is when you ignore something for a particular time and it turns into a tidal wave and just kind of takes you out. So the business owner that has a fear of looking at his finances uh, because yep. he's kind of scared of looking at the finance. Eventually, he ignores those finances for so long that a tidal wave will end up hitting him, right? Yep. Or the the, the married uh, husband 
that is so insecure about his his own relationship that he tries to over-control his wife so that she doesn't go out and do all these things with her girlfriends. And, you know, she's like, he's always saying, you know, he's always uh, doubtful of, of her fidelity that yeah. eventually he'll ignore those behaviors that he has and he's not looking and eventually it'll turn into a tidal wave and there'll be a massive blowout and, and, you know, just, it will be catastrophic. So when we operate from a place of, of being egocentric and operating from our ego, it will always 100% of the time always lead to a tidal wave and tidal wave. Um, and when I say tidal wave, I mean like just getting completely smashed and knocked out and, and your whole identity having to shift because the tidal wave's so big that it will destroy some of the foundational pillars that you've built in your life. Yeah. And so if we operate from a place of, of arrogance and we and we don't sat and we don't suppress our egos, or not not suppress, but deal with our egos, mm. then unfortunately I think it will just lead to a tidal wave and life will find a way to just pummel us back into submission. Because life's not easy, life's not uh, life's not a walk in the park. Life's not all rainbows and butterflies. Life has a way of 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 pushing you back into uh, where you need to be if you if you leverage too much ego. If if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think you've articulated that really well. Um, one of the things that that I notice as well, and and it's harder because I, I mean you're you're a bit younger than than me. But I look at, so I've got two teenage girls, 13 and 15, and I, I look uh, forward, as in look ahead, to the, uh, the challenges that they're going to face uh, just on social media. And, uh, I mean, you look at social media now and you see how, um, I don't know, you don't see the real person necessarily. You're getting an image that they, they want to portray. And I think where it comes to that confidence and that arrogance and ego and so forth, we've got to be really careful how we manage that in that context. And I, I got caught in this in this trap too for like when I first started on social media and we with my business and stuff. I didn't do it for the first few years. Probably didn't exist actually. It was that long ago. But um, then over time, I thought, oh well, oh what's Oscar doing? Oh gee, I better do a post like that. And then oh okay, oh, oh Jason's doing something over there. Oh geez, I better do a post you know, like that. And, oh, then Cheryl's doing that. Oh, she's posting a photo with, you know, in a bikini or something. Oh, geez, I don't want to get in a, uh, you know, get the shirt off. So, okay, I'll do a post on this. And through that, I wasn't really communicating with my audience, like a a consistent message for me. So I think uh, for me, the authenticity in me is starting to come out over this last 12, 18 months or so. And that, is giving me confidence and kind of leaving the ego to, to one side. Yeah. I remember reading um, one of the books that really profoundly transformed me was high performance habits by Brenda Burchard. Yep. And, and this, this was at a, a really uh, pinnacle time in my, my business career. And I, and I read this book and, and, it, and it goes across six different pillars for, uh, for, for business owners to really get to the next level, like seeking clarity, generating energy, uh, raising necessity is one of them, uh, increasing productivity, developing influence. Uh, and, and the final one where I, I read this and I started breaking down in tears was demonstrate courage. I, I, as I read that paragraph, I actually started crying because it was all about the fact that if you want to live a high performance life and you want to achieve your potential and you want to, um, and you want to truly get to know the, the best, ver- you want to meet the best version of yourself one day, 
you're going to need a lot of courage to do that. And, yeah. and, and because when you get to that place where you are truly trying to unfold or, or manifest your potential, there's going to be a lot of naysayers. There's going to be a lot of people that attack you. There's going to be a lot of people that just misunderstand what you're trying to say and, and disagree with you for the sake of disagreement. And, and I started crying because I, I really, like, it, it really challenged me to, I've always been a people pleaser, Rob. You know, I, I grew up obese. Uh, the way that I, that I managed my insecurities was making other people laugh. Always the friendly guy, you know, just always about the jokes. Uh, and, and so I had to come to a place where it was kind of like, I have to reconcile that there are going to be people in this world that don't like me. Whereas before yeah. my, my whole position was like, I want everybody I want to like me. me. Yeah. Yeah. I want every single person to like me. And it was a transformative event in my life where I real I had to come to the realization and the acceptance that in life, I'm going to have to, maybe I'm going to have some enemies along the way. Maybe, maybe that's what's going to have to happen. Now I'm, I'm grateful that I don't have enemies at this point in time. And I, I really hope that I never do, but Actually, maybe I do have one or two, actually. Um, but, you know, but I have to be okay with the fact that people don't like me. Yeah. And it's served me well, Rob. You know, I've, I've had situations in my, in, my, in, my, in my career, you know, of developing this whole advisory thing where I'll clash heads with other executives in a massive way because not every executive has gone through the personal development journey that I have. Yeah. They think they need, you know, where they know that they need to be respectful and courteous to other people, where they, uh, where one of their philosophies is to um, is to uh, to appreciate the other person. You know, some of the executives that I work with, they really have a massive ego, and they think that everybody needs to submit to their will. But as soon as they say something, it's like their way or the highway, or they will completely railroad you. And I've had situ like corporate bullying situations, like even in my advisory practice, where I'll have one of the other executives or one of the other board members like literally bully me, right? Like mm. as, as, as a, as a full grown adult, as an advisor, as an advisor in a company, I'll have this person bully me and, and we'll end up in an argument, right? A full heated argument. And it will just, it will, it will heighten and it will get worse and worse and worse. And so at that point I had to accept that, Hey, I'm, I'm okay to have that person not like me and I'm okay to challenge in a respectful way. And I'm okay to push back because that's not the way that you should treat people and, and I ended up having to go back to the CEO and say, look, this is how me and my team have been treated. Uh, we need to get HR involved. And they did. A, they went and got HR involved and they launched this whole investigation. But at a previous time, I wouldn't have been okay to do that because I didn't want to yeah, rub anybody the wrong that. way. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted to be a people pleaser. And so I've had to, you know, come full circle in that and, and, and balance my weaknesses out and go, you know what, if people don't like me, that's not my problem. You know, I've got to do what I got to do in the world. I've got to be authentic. I've got to be real. I've got to be raw. Um, and, and I've just got to try to put some good in the world. And if that does good for some people, Hey, great. That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to do. If not, I'm okay with that as well. That's a really great example because I think as we go through life, like the first time that happened, I'm sure it caused you to have sleepless nights and you beat yourself up and you think, what have I done? What have I said? Et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes things just don't work out. And what you've demonstrated there is that this is part of you having a hunger to grow yourself every day and to be that better person and knowing that, yeah, look, I'm okay, but not everybody likes me. That's, that's just the reality. It's unrealistic to think everyone's going to love me and throw rose petals at me when I walk out of the front door every day. Uh, and in doing that, going through those tough things, you become stronger, don't you? You become, you become mentally tougher but you also become more confident in 
how you step out the front door every day. Yeah, I, 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 I truly believe that. And one of the things that, I, that I've learned and have taken into my identity, and I, I learned it from Dr. Jordan Peterson, uh, and, and this was the reason for, you know, the failure of my first marriage. So I've, I've been through a divorce. And, and, you know, it's easy to blame other people when you've gone through a divorce. It's yeah. easy to blame the other person, say all the things that they did wrong. I took extreme ownership and I go, what did I do wrong that led to this? And the one thing that really held me back in my life was not speaking my truth. Yeah. That, that is so important for people that are, that are listening to, to firstly have a truth and you can only establish a truth through getting to know yourself and through getting to learn what you're interested in and understanding your own personality type and, and, and why you show up in the world the way that you show up. But once you're at that point where you really do start to understand who you are as a human being, then it's important to speak your truth because the, the, when, when, you, when you don't say something that you should say, it impacts your, your, your personality yep. and your, 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 your personality. So the person, you know, the, the spiritual aspect of yourself gets pushed down and gets, it gets reduced. And some people for years and years and years, they don't speak their truth to their partner. You know, the, the, the women out there that are getting beat up in their, in their marriages, they should be able to say to their husband, you know, so some, you know, some, you know, brush it under the, under the carpet. And I, I speak a lot about domestic uh, abuse and human trafficking, but they should be able to go to their husband and say, what you did to me yesterday was unacceptable. And I will, I will in a calm way, right? Not in a non-threatening way, but they should be able to say, you know, what, what you did to me yesterday was unacceptable. And I'm letting you know that, you know, maybe, maybe I forgive you, right? Maybe they forgive the person but I will not stand for it any, any longer. You lay hands on me one more time and that is the end of our marriage. And I want you to know that I, I will not tolerate being treated that way. Is that okay with you? And getting a yes or no agreement from that person. Because I know women that have been beat up by their husbands for years and years on end and they don't say anything about it. They don't tell anyone. So when you don't speak your truth, it, it makes your, your spirit suffer and you, you end up putting yourself in a, in a little box and the child inside of you you, it's like you're locking the door behind a child inside of you and the child screaming and kicking on doors saying, hey, let me out, let me out, let me out. But you're so scared of it that you've locked the door and you've walked away. So people that are listening, you've got to speak your truth. If you have a truth to say, you've got to say it. Otherwise, you, you're only hurting yourself. It's like uh, cutting off your nose to spite your face. And I think you don't have to do that in a disrespectful way. It, like any any bad news needs to be delivered in a in a good way, but you need to do it in a way that is true to you as well. And I, I've been one of those people as well, where you just didn't have the com. It came from a lack of confidence yeah. in being able to say, well, if I what you said to begin with about uh, you know all those limiting beliefs and fears and so forth that you have, I felt that well, Oscar, if I tell you how I really feel then you're going to get upset. You might say something. I'm going to feel really bad. Then it's easier if I just don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's not just true in, in um, you know, relationships. Uh, well, all relationships, but I mean, intimate relationships, but also business relationships as well. Um, but it, it can be done in a very respectful way. I think when it's not, that's somebody not having the level of, of personal growth that, you know, you and I have had. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta you gotta take courage, and you know, it's one of the it's one of the fundamentals. It, it's in Wizard of Oz, you know. Like we've we've been talking about courage as 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 human beings since the beginning of of documented history. You know, it, it is all about the courage. The people that show courage are the people that that lead, 
And in life, everybody can become a leader. Not, not anyone, and no one's born a leader, right? Mm. We have to become leaders. And if we are born into that position where by some miraculous chance we get to lead and we don't go through that personal development journey, then we won't lead for very long. And our life will fall back to where, you know, life will, will, life's like a rubber band, right? If we keep pushing and stretching in ways that it shouldn't stretch, life will end up snapping back on you. And that is a very uncomfortable position. What we have to do with life is more like is is, is more about the growth. It's building those. Uh, it's like digging. It's like digging. Um, so you got to you got to dig gradually. Got to dig gradually and, and get rid of the soil and the dirt so that you can dig your hole, rather than the rubber band effect where you're operating out of a place of ego, operating out of a place of trauma, uh, and that is the, that's the way you get the rubber band, which will snap back and 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 really hurt if we don't manage these things effectively. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Hey, I've got one more question for you before I'm um, going to have some fun with you. Um, tell me about how you think your, because I had issues with this, self-image and self-confidence. How are those two linked? So self-image and self-confidence come directly from keeping your promises to yourself. So if you have a desire inside of you, that you want to see come to fruition. So for instance, I have a weight loss goal or I have a financial goal or I have a goal to uh, have a certain type of relationship with the people around me. Uh, I have a, an emotional goal that I don't want to feel the way that I've been feeling uh, this way. Then, then it really comes from having the, the courage and the resiliency to follow through with your own promises. And, and, and that is what leads to confidence. And it happens, you know, life unfolds on a, on a micro scale. It happens, it's a game of inches, this life. So something we do right this second will impact our emotion that we feel tomorrow, perhaps next week, perhaps next month, perhaps in the next five years. What we do in the actual moment, the right now, the here-ness of life is what we need to do and, 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 and make sure that we're managing the present moment effectively so that we can develop that confidence later on. So for instance, if you, if you're on a weight loss journey, for instance, and you say to yourself, well, look, I'm going to exercise no matter what, what it is for the next, uh, you know, I have a target of, of three exercise sessions per week and you hit those exercise sessions, what you're going to have as a result is the weight loss, but you're also going to have the, the additional confidence that shows that you can keep your own promises if you're the person that keeps that tries to make all these promises to yourself or has all these desires, but you don't follow through, that's where the confidence will start to reduce, 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 reduce. And that's where we get to the point where we have no uh, self-confidence. We have a lack of self-image. So if we just, Rob, make promises to ourselves, we keep those promises, then self-image will increase uh, no matter what you see in the mirror, right? If you see, if you don't like what you see in the mirror, by the simple nature of keeping your promises, then that can make a real difference. And I also want to add, this is really important, a revelation I've had uh, in the last few weeks, Rob. I tore th uh, three discs in my spine, right? Three of the lower discs and, and had one bulging disc, the, the one above. So I had four discs in my, in my spine that were causing me excruciating chronic pain for the last three years. Mm. In, in my mind, I knew that I could get better, right? I fully believe it. I listen to all of Dr. Joe Dispenza's stuff. I spent time meditating. I listen to um, Marissa Peer, who's also been on the cover of Brains Magazine and, and is world-renowned as well, um, you know, through, through self-therapy and all these sorts of things. Now, I was doing all of this stuff. I was doing all this stuff in order to try to change my belief system about my back. 
I went to physio. I finally bit the bullet and started because I was like, oh, I got business, I got this, I got this, I got interviews, I got the, like so much stuff going on that I ended up putting my health on the back burner. I put business and money above my own health. And, and I went to the physio. I remember just explaining what had happened to my back and I was pretty much crying. Like I was seriously, like this only happened four weeks ago. I was basically just almost crying, telling him about all my frustrations and all my pains and that most of my days are spent in pain and all this kind of stuff. And, and the reason that that happened was because one of the physios I went to in the past didn't give me hope that my back could get better. Now, this physio was saying, Oscar, you know, the back's so resilient. Everything, you know, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Like, you're going to be fine. You're going to live a pain-free life as long as you do the exercise, as long as you do the work. And that moment in my life, everything shifted. Like my whole outlook, you know, I, I, I was starting to imagine a life where I couldn't walk anymore. I was yeah. starting to imagine a life where I would just wake up frustrated in pain all day. Like my, my, my future really started to look dark in terms, of, in, in terms of what I was able to achieve from a health perspective. And I didn't realize how much this was weighing on my heart and on my life. And, and my entire outlook on life became grim. Until this person came along and he said, no, you've got hope. You can get better. Everything can get my whole, like in the last four weeks, my life has been like, I've been on top of the world. I've been excited. I've been, you know, committed to my, my, and I was even stretching every day before these, these sessions, but I've been developing that process of developing strength in my back. And it totally just changed the whole outlook of my life. Yeah. And so people need to realize that if they're in a, if they're in a dark place or maybe they're not as hopeful as they should be, Get around people that can give you great advice, that can help you look forward, that can help you dream big, that can help you realize that, that there is unlimited potential in the world. As long as you're around the people that are going to support that vision, then people really can see their vision come to life. And, and for me, that was one of the things that just like blew me out of the water to come from a place of realizing like I'm a high performance guy, Rob, like, I, you know, I don't let anything yeah. hold me down. I get on with the job. I just, I make stuff happen. Uh, but this one small aspect, uh, it's not a small aspect, it's a massive aspect of my life was really weighing me down. And I didn't even know about it. It was an unconscious thing that was going on. And and I tell you, Rob, my, my life quality in the last four weeks has improved by like a thousand percent just by having someone that could help me understand a new way. That's crazy, isn't it? I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that because, um, yeah, I mean, I see people with back pain and it's debilitating. So um, well done for, you know, working your way to getting on top of it. Uh, picking up on your point there about, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. You know, sometimes and I've had to make a couple of really tough decisions in my life where I've had to eliminate people from my life because they have not wanted to get on to, uh, with my journey. Uh, and in maybe purposefully or you know, not purposefully, have been working against what I've been trying to achieve. And uh, it doesn't come to you just like that. Oh, I need to change that, but it wears you down. And then you realise, actually, if I want to go where I want to go, unfortunately, I can't have this anchor with me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we, we, we know through epigenetics, the research in epigenetics shows that the environment can make a gene express itself in a different way depending on where that gene is is placed in the olden days we used to think that a gene would express itself based on the dna that it had hard coded within it now we understand that that a gene can be expressed differently based on the environment that that it's in and so that that is a huge call to audit the environment that we're in in terms of who we surround ourselves with 
where we are on a given any given basis because anyone that we spend time with we become more like if we spend enough time with them we yeah. become more like them and right. so we need to audit our circle audit our friends and say okay these are the people i'm spending time with do i want to be more like these people or less like these people and if we want to be less like those people then unfortunately sometimes we have to cut people out of our lives or find a way to spend less time with those people so yeah. that we can open up the opportunity to spend time with the people that we really want to be like. So yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Brilliant. Hey, in closing, I, I don't think that we could end this without asking you about the, the voice. Um, is, is it okay if I ask you a few questions about that? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So to, obviously, obviously you got, to, I listened to you on YouTube yesterday. It's like, Oh man, you've got a, you've got a heck of a voice. Um, Tell us about uh, that side of you and what, you know, drove you to go to, to The Voice. Yeah, so, so I've, I've, always, I've always been a heavy sleeper um, since, I was, since I was a young kid. And my mom used to come into the room and try to wake me up for school and I'd be like, yeah, hey, you know, my mom would leave and I'd just go back to sleep and she'd come back in and go, hey, get up for school. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting up and I'd go back to sleep. Sounds the only thing to my girls. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that would get me out of bed is when my mum would put Michael Jackson on, uh, you know, she'd get the CD and put Michael Jackson on and I'd spring out of bed. I'd start, you know, just dancing. And, and since a young age, I really just felt music and I, I felt it just emanate through my life. Right. I love music. Yeah. And so, and, and seeing Michael Jackson be adored by millions of people, I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to, you know, do, I mean, obviously everybody has different personality types, but you know, as an extroverted kid, that's just all I want. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted people to adore me. And, and that's just who I wanted to be, right? Again, to, to, to battle all the insecurities that I was facing. So I went through this journey and ever since, I, 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 you know, I've been on Australian Idol as well. I'd go through Australian Idol. I'd go through whatever. And I just completely stopped everything because I just was like, you know what, these shows, you know, good for nothing. And then the voice came along, different culture, different attitude, respected yeah. their, uh, their talent uh, they even have a whole different language system, which which I could talk about for hours about language, but they had a different language system about how to treat their people. And so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on The Voice. And and I was lucky to, there was 100,000 applications and there was only 100 people that went on to actually, you know, there's a process to go through before you even get on TV, yeah. right? Produce, you know, producer interviews, uh, uh, rehearsal sessions with the band. Like there's all these things that, that need to happen before you can actually get on TV. Finally went on TV and I'm like, my gosh, this is my dream coming true. I walk on stage and I'd, I'd, I'd sang to crowds of thousands before, Rob. So it was, it was for me, it was a walk in the park. There was probably maybe 300 people in the audience. It wasn't that big in terms of the scale that I'd done before. So for me, it should have been just a walk in the park. So I'm, I'm standing on stage. I can barely see anything in the audience. My, you know, the, 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 the lights oh, were so bright. And I had a strategy. I had a very clear strategy. My strategy was... It's just another day. It's a small audience. I'm going to, I'm going to engage the crowd and I'm going to do my song. I'm going to deliver. And then I'm going to, you know, exit left sort of thing. Yeah. So that was my strategy, right? No, no fear, no insecurity, no nothing. I went in probably, you know, about 30, 30 seconds into the song. My strategy was what I felt no nerves, no anxiety, no stress. I was just delivering my song. Yeah. In my mind, I was like, okay, I've engaged with the left side of the crowd. I'm now going to engage with the right side of the crowd. So as I pan 
across the stage, my eyes hit the back of the chairs and it's like uh, yeah. Delta, Seal, Joel Madden and, um, and Ricky Martin, I think it was at that time. So my eyes pan across and I go to the right side of the stage. All I could think at that point was like, oh my God, I am screwed. I'm, I'm on TV. There's millions of people watching me. What if I don't get a chair turn? Uh, what, you know, all the, and just for the rest of the song, I was just like, I had just heightened anxiety. And I ended up getting through, you know, there's a point in the song where I thought, you know what, this is my moment. This is the moment the judges are going to turn their chair. It was, a, it was a high note. And I thought, well, this is, this is the point. I'm, I'm going to either get the chair turn at this point, because that's my time to shine, or I'm, I'm out. So I get to that point in the song, I deliver it, and I deliver it flawlessly. No chairs turn. And I'm like, yeah. holy <laughs> crap. I'm like halfway through the song. I'm like, my, my life is over now. Everybody knows I'm a failure. Everybody knows I'm good for nothing sort of thing. And I just, I ended up just trying to get through, you know, tick the box and get through the rest of the song. And it came to the last note of the song, you know, last guitar note has strum. And, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I've got to fight for this. I've got to hold on to this note for as long as I can. The last note had been played. It was like, a, you know, one, two, three, four. And, and, you know, at the four count, the song's done, right? I mean, there's four, four bars in a, in a, in a piece. And the fourth count had happened and I'm like, oh my God, it's over. And then next, you know, after the fourth count, Delta smashed the button. She turns around, I throw my hands in the air, go, oh my God, I can't believe this. And um, it was it was honestly one of the most exciting uh, times in my life. And, and it really, you know, that was for me branding before I knew what branding was about. You know, being on TV and, and being a publicly recognizable figure, you know, going into, you know, I'd go to lunches with executives and they'd be like, oh, I recognize you. You know, my family watches The Voice. Help me build that instant report. Honestly, The Voice took my life to the, to the next level. Yeah, wow. I can't, um, I can't imagine the pressure you would have been feeling, but I guess if you were in front of four million people that would be different but knowing that they're all watching and it's just um well that's intense too if you think man if no one turns around then i'm gonna be forever remembered for this this moment yeah. so how far did you you go along so i got through the, the the blinds um and i got kicked out in the battle rounds which is the round after right okay Okay. And what was uh, like going into it? What was your, your goal in terms of, so I don't know, does the, the, at the end of the voice, does that end into record deal? Is that what? Yeah. Record deal. The, the goal for me was to become a millionaire and become famous. <laughs> that, 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 if, I, if I'm really Pretty honest with that. Yeah. 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 That, that was, that was the goal, but it, it, it did so much more for me than, than, than any of those things. Um, and now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm to the point in my life where I realize that, that, that I don't want or need the fame. You know, I wanted that stuff because I had a deep insecurity. Um, yeah. I don't have a deep insecurity. You know, I know who I am. I know my place in the world. Um, you know, I love my family. I want to spend time with them and anything that takes me away from that, not, not super interested in. So, you know, it's just it, that yeah. whole personal development Cycle. Yeah, yeah. Look, so, so powerful. Everything that you've said today, I mean, it resonates with me so so much and i know that there'll be people listening to this that that get it all and some people that don't get it all and all i could say is you just got to keep working on yourself until you i mean define what success looks like for you and just keep working until you get there and be content when you get there but keep working on yourself still absolutely um, because yeah it, the journey never stops 
Hey, um, it's been so great to speak with you today, Oscar. I did want to ask you uh, your book. Do you want to give your book a bit of a plug and how people can get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, so there's, there's a couple of ways people can uh, can connect. On my website, oscar-chavez.com, there, there is a book called Billionaire Secrets. Uh, and that's through work of, of, of working with multi-billion dollar companies at an executive level uh, and, and also being coached by a few different billionaires. Um, the, the one, you know, that, that's a lot of uh, high level advice. If people want some really tangible advice they can implement like today, um, I have a, 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 a workshop called the $3 million LinkedIn playbook. And it breaks down the strategy we use to make $3 million on LinkedIn in one month with zero ad spend. Uh, and they can get that at eightfigures.growthlymarketing.com. Uh, eight That's eightfigures.growthlymarketing.com. It's a free one-hour workshop. I normally do that workshop live and charge about $500 for it, uh, but I condense it down to a one-hour version that people can consume and they can get it for free by going to that link. Fantastic. Is that the number eight or the word eight? Uh, the number eight. Number eight. All right, brilliant. Oscar, thanks so much for today. You've delivered so much great content here. I know that our audience is going to get a lot out of it. Um, I'm intrigued with your $6,000 guitar. I didn't know you could get a guitar for $6,000. Uh, <laughs> but you've just done so well in how you've, uh, you know, come from your beginning to where you are now. And uh, I just enjoy watching, you know, your growth and, um, you know, watching what you're doing on social media. And I think it's really, really powerful and the people that you're connecting with as well. So uh, well done. And thank you so much for today. Thank you, Rob. I really enjoyed that. Really appreciate your time too. Thank you.